where else would you rather be than right here, right now? For Bills fans. By Bills fans. Only Buffalo is going to win it. This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. Here's Brad the Bruiser Icorn. And welcome back for another edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Brad the Bruiser Icorn, Alex Jones, and my dad, Mark Icorn, making his way up here for the podcast. Welcome to Buffalo. Hey, great to be here. Looking forward to uh, Sunday's game. Yeah, should be, uh, well, we'll talk about it more in detail here, but potential for, for a good game here. The Vikings coming in at 7-1. and one. The Bills, unfortunately, off a tough loss at MetLife Stadium there, 6-2. Let's get right into the Jets game, Alex. What were your thoughts on this game here? Because uh, whether it was injured or not, Josh didn't look himself that day. Uh, Robert Sala had a good defensive game plan. I mean, I almost felt like it was a matter of a not right Josh Allen and then just McDermott and the team being outcoached. Yeah, I don't even think it was that, Brad. I think it was just a classic, like, you hit. I think Josh, Josh really didn't play well. I mean, the defense only gave up 20 points. It was really, it, it was down to just, a, it was it was a classic point flip game. And what I mean by that is there are a ton of games where the game just comes down to one or two points, right? I think this is a completely different game if one or two of those point flips goes our way. If Tremaine Edmonds' interception in the set in is a actually called an interception so that they can review it rather than forcing the Bills to challenge it and the Jets get right up and try a, a short point. I, I think if that Garrett Wilson or the Garrett Wilson fumble, if there's a defender within 20 feet of him, if he drops that ball and there's a cornerback squaring him up, that bounces right into their hands, and then he and then that cornerback's headed the opposite end at, at direction into the end zone. Or if Gabe Davis doesn't drop two or three, including the last one, um, balls that hit him in the hand. Those wildly changed the game as well. So I think it's one of those things where, you know, again, Brad, we a lot of the times the Bills don't put it in a situation where it comes down to a point flip, which is what you want from a team. You don't want teams in those scenarios. It's sort of like they say in the UFC. You never want to leave the game in the judges' scorecards. You never want to put it on the scorecard. You never want to leave a football game up to those coin flip moments. Yeah, and that's what it was. It was tight. Like, I remember my feeling in my stomach when we were up 14-3. Something just didn't sit right with me. And, I mean, like you said, there were plenty of moments in that game where it could have gone the other way, and another bounce. Um, flags that weren't called. I think there should have been a flag. Sauce Gardner was not looking back towards the ball on that throw to Gabe Davis, though it did hit him in the hands. I felt like there should have been interference in that when there was a lot of non-calls in this game. Whatever it was, it did not work out in the Bills' favor. No, Brad, and I agree with you. There was a lot of non-calls in this game, and the one time they did pull out their flags, the hold on Deion Dawkins, that wasn't a hold. That's just what we call a pancake. That's all that was. He didn't, he didn't grab him. He finished him through the ground. 
which is completely legal. So, if you have to give out a credit or a game star, who 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 gets credit for that win? I feel like Jets coaching or or why didn't they put themselves in a position in this one that they made it tight? Uh, they moved Wilson around. They didn't allow him to you know you know quick passes. Uh, I, I feel like, if anything, won the game here. It was the Jets coaching staff. I, I don't even think it's that, Brad. I think it was James Robinson. James Robinson and the Jets running backs had just one heck of a game. Just genuinely one heck of a game. Yeah. Where they make, again, coming down to a coin flip, James Robinson makes the perfect cut on three or four runs. You have it stuffed up perfectly. And he's just as skilled enough running back to make that extra move that opens it up and breaks it big. If you go back and watch those on the All-22, those runs that broke huge, the Bills were there in correct position most of the time. It's just James Robinson's incredibly skilled and popped those runs big. Hey, guys, I, I give uh, credit to the injuries on the defensive side to, to uh, the Jets' victory and, you know, with uh, Jordan Poyer out, he's awesome against a run. And Matt Milano not there. Um, and then, you know, sooner or later we got to get uh, Trey Davis White back. But to me, that was uh, the key to the running game of the Jets. And I can agree with that. Uh, I can agree with that, especially Matt Milano. That I there has I can't recall too many tackles or a single tackle that he's missed this year. He has been playing out of his mind this year, and I think that that was the major injury that really bit him this one. Granted, Poyer out there is huge, um, but not having Milano out there, I think that really hurt. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think it really – I mean, uh, Bernard just wasn't uh, – and rightfully so, Bernard is not an all-pro um, – linebacker you know what i mean like he isn't a dude that is that you know he isn't that guy because he's a rookie so i think it's one of those things where we i completely agree that we really missed matt milano yeah i i I felt like you know he's been part of the glue that's held this team together granted tremaine admins as we've said before is having a really good season but uh i i think for Buffalo with this one, it kind of felt eerily like the Miami game where we had a lot of guys out in that game. That's how this game felt. And uh, I think the big missing piece, at least defensively for the Bills, was not having Matt Milano out there. Um, Alex, let me ask you, having watched some of the All-22 there, what did you make of some of those throws that, uh, I mean, that first interception, I'm not sure what Josh, I think he said he was looking towards Knox, didn't see the defender breaking. Um, and then the other one that Gardner picked up, not sure what that was. That could have been potentially injury-related. Watching the Out 22 film, what did you see, Alex? I, they were just bad throws. It was just Josh trying to play hero ball when he should not have played hero. Like, that's just the genuine honesty. He was doing – he was just making stupid 2019-2018 Josh Allen mistakes. And it, it was, if that's the only game this year he does that, then that's fine. You know, I, I, I think it was, he, things weren't going, I think he got it, he finally has to learn 
when things aren't going right for me, it's not a time to be like, I need to be the hero. It's the time to be like, I trust our system. I trust my offensive coordinator is going to put me in good places to succeed. And therefore, I'm going to trust it, even if I'm getting a little bit of an itch. But also, I mean, he he was also struggling at times with uh, Quisenberry could not, was not holding up all afternoon. Yeah. Roger Saffold had one of the more the one of the laziest offensive line performances I've seen, including what should have been a twenty to thirty five yard screen gain for Devin Singletary. He just didn't block his guy. He literally was running towards him and then just stopped a couple steps before him. And the guy who ended up tackling Singletary was the guy who was supposed to block, and he just straight up missed it. He just didn't. I don't know what happened. He just pulled up before he even got there. So it's one of those things where it's uh, you can also slightly understand why Josh started to get hero ball-y because he was like, well, my offensive line, Deion Dawkins, who's a normally incredibly sure person along the offensive line, even was having a rough day at times. So, I, I mean, Morse gave up a sack, and Morse rarely, if ever, gives up sacks. Uh, so I just think it's one of those things where Josh just was struggling he felt like he did need to do it on himself. Also, I'm going to completely change tune here, and this is something, Brad, you've heard me say multiple times. I think we should have gone back to the run. We were having success on the ground. And in the second half, I don't think we ran it more than five times. Yeah, I would agree. I I, I think that they were – Josh was trying to do too much in this one. I mean, it was evident in his yards he had in this one. Uh, he should not have had to carry this team, and he shouldn't have been carrying this team. Um, you know, rely on your other playmakers here. Devin Singletary, i.e., has been having a really good year. Cooks has been turning it on. Uh, I mean, they they have weapons out there. So, yeah, Josh should not have to do what he did. And if anything, we'll, we'll talk more about the Viking game coming up here, but that's a peace of mind knowing that, you know, we don't have to completely put it on the shoulders of Case Keenum. There are other guys on this roster here. But, you know, we had talked about it last week, and I think it was wanting to make Zach Wilson play hero ball, make Zach Wilson, you know, try to be, you know, sugar high Zach Wilson that we've seen in the past. They had a smart game plan, and they didn't allow it to happen there that we got sugar high Josh Allen last week, and it didn't pan out. But like you said, the offensive line didn't pay well. Uh, you know, it was just a stinker of a game, and it, you know, reminds me a little bit of that Jacksonville loss last year, where maybe that's a game that lights a fire under this team. Yeah, I completely agree, Brad. It is that it, it feels like that sort of loss where it's like, all right, we need to get back back to basics rather than you know rather than thinking we're we're the best team on the planet we're, we're it's football you can lose every single week and now you're half a game down to a division right hey you know i thought you made a great point about the run we were running the ball better than i've seen us run it uh in a while and uh, why they didn't continue to to do that i, I didn't understand uh, I, I completely agree. You know, it, it seemed like Motor Singletary finally got into a groove there for a little bit. And it, for the first time in quite a while, the offensive line was chugging. And it almost was like last year when John Feliciano was like, hey, let us run the ball. As much as I, you know, 
as much as he is a bit of a dick, he was kind of right about that. You know, he was a he was like you gotta let the offense get into a bit of a rhythm. If you if you if you're having success with the run, which we were, James Cook and Devin Singletary were were playing well, objectively playing, not just like Homer fan like they were breaking off. Um, they were breaking off large runs for every single run. And so I think it's one of those things where it's like, you can't, you can't take that away until they prove that they shouldn't, you know, they, they prove that they should not be getting the rock. Yeah. Well, tough task coming up for the bills this week. Uh, Bills taking on the Vikings, who come into this one 7-1. But something that they weren't doing last season is winning close games, and that's what they've been able to do. They've won a lot of very tight, you know, one-score games in this one. Granted, you know, they have some playmakers out there, i.e. Justin Jefferson, a guy who uh, came out of that Stephon Diggs trade to Buffalo. Uh, Delvin Cook is having, you know, a decent year so far at 608 yards on the season. Uh, Kirk Cousins um, about 400 yards shy of Josh Allen right now, but he's thrown for nearly just a yard short of 2,000 at this point here. A lot of playmakers in this game this week, um, but I'm not sure what to expect in this one um, from the Vikings, more or less. Um, because, I mean, they haven't been really, you know, like the Bills were early on, blowing teams out of the water or anything like this. They've been winning those tight games. So, you know, I look at this matchup as, you know, even without Josh Allen, a winnable game for the Bills. Uh, yeah, I agree, Brad. I think it's one of those things where, I mean, the Kirk Cousins, the meme of Kirk Cousins celebrating last week was everywhere. But at the same time, it's like, you're celebrating beating, coming from behind and beating the commanders by a field goal. Not, oh, we beat the Chiefs, we beat even Aaron Rodgers. We beat the commanders by a field goal from a guy who was playing in the XFL, like a quarterback in the XFL. Like, that's that's nothing to celebrate the Vikings have the worst red zone defense in the NFL. They allow you to score 80% of the time you're in the red zone where the rest of the league is uh, in the mid-40s. So uh, even if it's Case Keenum, we get down in that red zone. I expect to have put some points on the board because of that fact. Yeah, I agree with that one there. Um, when they get down there, um, I would like to see... The screen game utilized more this week. Uh, we saw flashes of Hines first week in the Bills roster. I get it. But I want to see more Nakeem Hines in this offense. Uh, nearly had that catch on fourth down. It was just just barely beyond his fingertips there. Uh, you know, he looked sound at least in the pump return, kick return game there. That This week I'd like to see more Nakeem Hines because I think he could be that impactful player for the Bills in the red zone. Yeah, I completely agree, Brad. I'd also like to see him more on on um, on his uh, special teams play. We only got to see him on punt, and I I really would prefer to see him on kickoff yeah. as well. I think I think even having him in there for some of the Isaiah McKenzie 
stretch pass, you know, sweeps. Like, that would be huge uh, for the Bills to get him in there and have basically him be a brand new gadget where if you have him and um, you have him and James Cook out there at the same time on the offense, that's a huge, like a huge game changer when it comes to guarding if you're a defensive coordinator. You're listening to the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Glad we could make it part of your day here. Make sure you're following us across our platforms here at drafthousesports.com, facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House at DHS Buffalo at TW Callahan DHS at Bills Bruiser at Mark Ike. All right, so Bills taking on the Vikings, a 1 o'clock kickoff from Highmark Stadium. Game will be televised uh, on Fox. So, all right. The, the, the elephant in the room in this one is there is a possibility that Josh Allen won't play. So, Alex, I'll ask you, if Josh doesn't play in this game, what are some reasons that Bills fans should still feel positive going into this matchup against the Vikings? Well, it's A, we have probably the one of the best, if not the best, supporting casts in the NFL, both on offense and on defense, one of the best defenses in the NFL. Another thing is Case Keenum is seen as one of the better backup quarterbacks, which is why you gave up draft pick compensation. Remember, we traded a draft pick in the 2022 NFL draft. You don't give up draft pick compensation for nothing. Finally, the Vikings are one of those teams that just is a wave team, you know? And it feels like last week they crested and they might be coming back down. Uh, like you said, Brad, they win close games, but the Bills do very well against teams who win, who try to win close games. Even with Case Keenum, I still think the offense is going to be successful. I think it'll just be a little slightly modified version of it that we aren't used to seeing. Um, and we can take advantage. The uh, the Vikings' pass uh, yards allowed is significantly more than the uh, Bills' defense. So they allow uh, a lot of passing yards. In the run, the, the defenses are similar, but uh, I think even Case can uh, go ahead and, and, and light up that defense. And like I said, when it comes down to the red zone, Bills are going to put the ball in the, in the end zone. Yeah, um, and for me, I think it's the defense is going to have to come out and put pressure on Cousins. We saw what happened, look back in, what, 2018, where the Bills came into Minnesota, um, double-digit underdogs, and they just throttled them. Josh had an incredible game that day. Uh, the defense forced turnovers early and often for Kirk Cousins, and I think that's going to be the big deal here is the turnover battle. Winning that battle that, you know, we saw one turnover force against the Jets. Against a second-year quarterback, I'm sure that Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott would say that's not acceptable. So I would say at this point here, forcing those turnovers on this Viking team will be pivotal in getting a win here in this Week 10 matchup. Well, really, Brett, it was two. That Tremaine Edmonds was that 100% a pick. Uh, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, I'll agree. <laughs> But I completely agree. We, you need to 
you really need to get those turnovers into them. You know, you need to turn Kirk Cousins over. You need to make him second guess everything he's seeing. And it, you just need to make him feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And I mean, and we saw Von Miller do it at least that one fourth fumble there on Wilson. That if Von can get after him like he has all season long here, that's going to be, uh, you know, a big sway in the Bills' favor here defensively. Yeah, I completely agree, Brad. And I mean, I, one of the things we didn't talk about, but it's actually a huge, I think one of the biggest reasons the Bills struggled was Greg Rousseau going out with the ankle injury. He's week to week. It, that's a huge issue. Greg Rousseau has been probably one of the best defenders week in, week out on that team. And with Vaughn Miller, makes it so that it is impossible for opposing teams to um, really focus on just one side of that defense line. And that's what you saw the Jets do in the second half, is basically just ran away from Miller. Wherever Miller was going, they just literally were like, we are going to... We're going to go the opposite. Every play was going opposite. All right, let's run through the injury report for this one here where Adam Thielen uh, was uh, limited on Wednesday with an ankle injury. He was a full participant today. I would expect him in this one. Same for uh, Senator Garrett Bradbury, someone who they would want. Did not practice yesterday with an ankle injury listed, but he was limited in practice today. Who did not practice today is Cam Dantzler Sr., and uh, Delvin Tomlinson, cornerback and defensive lineman, uh, specifically here. Looking to the Bills' side of the ball, the injury list is long. It all starts with Josh Allen, who has not practiced Wednesday or Thursday this week. We'll see if he practices on Friday, but right now his status in doubt for the game here. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds has not practiced the last two days, mildly concerning, but we saw him limited last week, came in. Um, veteran rest for Vaughn, so he did not practice Wednesday. Uh, nothing noted for him today. Poyer still not practice. I would say he's probably got to be doubtful for this game here. Uh, same with Rousseau, because he's not day-to-day. McDermott says he's week-to-week with an ankle injury, so that makes me concerned that we won't have one of our promising young players out there, but Greg Rousseau looking doubtful for this one. Uh, Roger Saffold, he's had veteran rest. I would expect him to play in this one. We'll see if we get Spencer Brown back. Good news, he was a full participant in practice today, so we'd love to get him back. The rookie Kyer Alum has had an ankle injury. He did not practice today. He was limited. Dane Jackson, full participant today. That's good. Matt Milano, huge full participant. Mitch Morris was a full participant. He had uh, veteran rest. Uh, been battling an elbow injury as well. Quisenberry, he was a full participant today, as well as Cam Lewis. So, I mean, the big sore spots, at least what I'm looking at right now, is Poyer. Uh, definitely concerning that to have in this one. Uh, Edmonds, without a doubt, concern in this one. And then, uh, you know, we'd like to see Rousseau in the, uh, back in the game here. But, of course, the big one that everyone's talking about, that I'm sure we're talking about at nauseum here, is Josh Allen. So, I mean, what do you stand on this? If Josh wants to play, you're Sean McDermott here, Alex. How do you roll the dice in this one? He's insisting he wants to play. He says he can power through it. We saw a not very good game by him last week. Do you just say, Josh, do you, do you rest, get healthy? We'll see you back maybe against Cleveland. Or do you roll the dice and put him in in this one? 
I, I, I play it as truly day-to-day as possible, where you're just letting, you're going to say, you know what, we're going to choose. And also, I'm going to be honest with you, Brad, I wait till the last possible minute. I might even make Josh active and then be like, you know what, in warm-ups, we didn't like, we, we weren't liking how the arm looked. So we went with Case Keenum. Because if you're the Vikings, that means the Vikings defensive coordinator now needs to generate two game plans. He needs to generate two of everything. Be like, well, here's the plan if we face Case Keenum. Here's the plan if we face Josh. And when you have when you have two things, you hold nothing. So I, I think it's a smart idea to sort of let that go as long as you possibly can. And then make your decision literally at like watch him on the field, be like, you know what? The arm doesn't look good. We're shutting it down for this week for you to come back next week. Or if he's looking good and he can manage the pain throughout the game, I, I don't see an issue starting him. But that's that's if it looks so good, you're convinced there's no risk of either further, further agitating it or possibly injuring it further. The issue is, Brad, we just don't, uh, Mark, we just don't know what the injury is. You know, we truly just don't know, um, like, what the extent of the injury is. Hey, I'm, in, I'm in total agreement with you that, um, you know, I don't think you have to tell, let them prepare for both quarterbacks, like you say. Um, I love the idea of let them dress, but start Case Keenum and just say, hey, listen, we're taking no chances with Josh. I'd, I'd like to see him get uh, completely healthy. You know, he was out, what, four games when he was a rookie with that? same injury so or similar injury i know we don't know the exact as, as you just said but you know similar injury um so why uh why risk it this game let's let them get healthy and come back a game or two down the line We're, we'll be six and three if we lose this you know and i'm not thinking we're gonna lose it either weather could be a factor in this one it's gonna be cold and we're facing a team who although they're from a cold climate in minnesota they play indoors this is going to be a cold one. I wouldn't be surprised if they had been practicing outside this week. Uh, high of 39, 31 degrees with snow showers in the forecast. Alex, I'm, I can hear you. Is, You're all broken up about not being in the stands for this one. <laughs> I know. I am. It's truly, I am truly so sad that I don't have to figure out how to waterproof and double waterproof and come up with a, you know, have a backup pair of clothes for my drive home. Yes. <laughs> do you but see Brad, weather it, being do, a factor? I, I do a little bit. I mean, I think that the Vikings really haven't played many, uh, they haven't played many problematic weather games this year, nor has really anybody um, besides the Bills playing that heat game. But I, I think that could easily play a part where the Bills at least live in it so they can get used to it. They can practice in it. They can get the feel of it um, the morning before. The Vikings are an indoor team, like you said, and so I I could see that being a a big factor in this game. Let's just quickly, I I just want to make a point here. Looking at the Minnesota schedule, they beat Green Bay, losing record. They beat the Lions, losing record. Saints, losing record. Bears, losing record. They beat the Dolphins, winning record, okay. Cardinals, losing record. Commanders, losing record. And they lost to the Eagles, winning record. Take that for what you will. 
it's going to be tight. I, I, can... I mean, I, 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 I feel like this, like you alluded last week, coin flip game. I feel like this could potentially be a coin flip game. Uh, but I, you know, I read a quote this evening. Uh, Josh said, you know, he knows that Diggs has circled this. It's his first time against going against his old team. He wants to put up a ton of points on this guy, uh, on these guys. And I, I could see if Josh comes in, uh, potentially that they're just, you know, throwing dimes all night long here. I mean, I would think the Vikings will come and plan, but they haven't faced very tough opponents. As you said, Alex, they haven't faced tough weather. It's hard not to still... And maybe it's just I wear Bills goggles all the time, but look at the Bills with several matchup favors in this game. Yeah, Brad, and I think that the Vikings are, and I mean, the NFC is just so weak as it is. Like, someone easily could win the NFC South with five to six wins. I mean, just genuinely, like, the NFC is, is significantly weaker than it already normally is. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see this matchup. You know, I, I agree. Diggs is going to come out on fire. This is the first time, like, this is the first time he's faced his team since they traded him. And I, I honestly think this could be a huge Diggs matchup with Case Keenum, who, when they were together in Minnesota, was his favorite target. Yeah, we all remember the miracle in Minnesota that passed from uh, Keenum to Diggs in the playoffs to go ahead and propel them past the New Orleans Saints. How time flies. They're both in Buffalo. Final thoughts as we go into Bills Vikings. Dad, I'll let you go first here. Uh, all right. And hey, that's a great point about Keenum and Diggs. And you know, Keenum knows uh, Diggs' talent, and he, he he's gonna he's gonna use it. I think uh, you're gonna see Keenum play quarterback here and I think you're going to see the Bills. I think the Vikings they've won a lot of close ones. I'm not saying that the coach has done a fantastic team, you know, job or job turning this team around from what they've been and uh but I think we're going to see the Bills win and and I don't think it's going to be as close as people think. And you know, I'm going to say 28-20. Yeah, I could get on board with that here. Absolutely. Alex, final thoughts this week. Uh, it's just going to be interesting to see how the Bills manage the expectations of the season while also managing um, what while also managing the injury load and literally trying to keep as many people healthy and get everyone healthy for the playoffs. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House podcast. Reminder, find us online, drafthouse.com, drafthousesports.com, at DHS Buffalo, T.W. Kalen, DHS, at Bills Bruiser, at Mark Ike, facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Drafthouse. Bills Vikings coming up. Continue to look forward to our podcasts all across our platforms. Go Bills. This has been the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast, an R Street Media production.